0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst, and a joyous feast to you all. Today we celebrate, beloved in Christ, what I'd like to call an evangelical feast. If you know the biblical language, you know that the word evangelical comes from the Greek word evangelion, which means good news today we celebrate a feast of the proclamation of the gospel the good news and in that God the gospel proclaims the accomplishment of the reconciliation of creation the summation of all things in Christ I want to focus on three just the threefold reconciliation that we're reminded of today as we celebrate the feast of Saints Peter and Paul the chief of the Apostles first reconciliation that I'd like to say is revealed in today's feast is man's reconciliation with God. In the saints of the day were provided examples of this reconciliation. You see the holy apostle Peter dropping his nets and following Christ. And later recommitting when seeing Christ after the resurrection when he was asked, do you love me? Three times, do you love me? And responding three times with his affirmation of love for Christ. And he continued to affirm his love for Christ in the life that he lived thereafter. The Holy Apostle Paul converted following an intense encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. After which he said that he considered all things lost except for the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus for whom He suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish that he might gain Christ. And we, beloved in Christ, we just concluded another fast, not another one. Yeah, another one. And we can't wait for the next one after we celebrate a little bit. But we just concluded another fast, another preparatory season. And we're generally, we are generally, I want to say, undernourished and overnourished as persons. We see the constant tension between the flesh and the body and the spirit in the New Testament. And we are often at an imbalance. We're neither physical only nor spiritual only, though we often find it easier to nourish the one and not the other. We choose to be the either or kind of people rather than the both and people. We often nourish the flesh at the expense of the spirit. But if we take fasting seriously, we, re- we rediscover the nourishment of the gospel. And we cultivate the often fallow soil of the spirit. And when we do that, our, our roots reach down deeply. We come to realize what a joy comes from living at a loss, so to speak. Deprived of a little satisfaction. Deprived of overnourishment. We come to understand a little more what it means to consider all as rubbish. To use the language of St. Paul. Or it's less important that we may gain Christ. Next. Next. We're shown in this feast the example of reconciliation to, unto one another. And when I think of St. Peter, I always think of his words be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all, love each other deeply. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, that in all things God may be glorified. Our fasting and our prayer are ineffective. All of our pious actions are ineffective if they don't result in transforming us into disciples of Christ. I see both in the lives of Saints Peter and St. Paul failed attempts at piety. Look at St. Paul. I mean, he was the best of the best in the religious realm. He had accomplished all that could be accomplished with his own strength. And in his own presumption, yet he failed to find what he was looking for until he was brought low, revealed that there is nothing that is. There is nothing. Not a molecule, not an atom, apart from Christ. And St. Peter, I will die with you, he said. And what did he do? He denied Christ. Another failed attempt at piety. Oh. But with the Lord, there is redemption. Our prayer and our fasting are ineffective if they don't result in transforming us into disciples of Christ. Rather than being defined by our failures, we can come to be defined by the redeeming love of our Lord Jesus Christ if we give ourselves over to it. We can become those who communicate the gospel to one another in word and deed. I call to mind the words of the Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. By this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And our love for one another is even evangelical in its nature. If we truly love one another. Instead of holding things against each other. In our communities. And even might I dare say between jurisdictions. Whatever may be going on. We bear witness to the effectual salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the transcendent, perfect, and redeeming love that He accomplishes by the grace of the Holy Spirit. But what He accomplishes cannot be accomplished by our effort without Him. Even if we have the best training and we're very principled, still a human solution and an empty piety if what we set out to do is not accomplished, through Christ, by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And if we truly love one another, overcoming every human obstacle, then we truly do bear witness to the love of Christ, which is greater than the love that you or I could claim to have, even on our best day. He reconciles us to Himself and to one another. And also on this feast day, I'm reminded of our reconciliation to the world then. We're called to serve the world, to proclaim the Gospel, recall the words of the Apostle. Once again, St. Paul, we're so thankful to have him as our patron and protector. He says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to the salvation of everyone who believes. Not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. I'm not afraid to say that I'm a Christian. If we don't make ourselves a of the go- students of the Gospel then our orthodoxy does become hollow, shallow, a mere religion, an ideology, a philosophy, or even a form of superstition. But when we frequently avail ourselves of the gospel, you know, like a deer panting for water, that's what our soul is longing for. drawing near to the healing, and wonderful, beautiful, nourishing, life-giving words of the gospel, that we find at our very essence is this taproot. We call it the noose, the God-given faculty of perceiving the presence of God. We find that the essence of our being is the taproot that receives God's life-giving. If we draw near to the gospel seriously and hear the words of Christ being spoken to us, Don't read the Bible. Be read by it. We become transformed for joy. And we begin to see beyond the lens of our own perception. Let the lens of your own perception be shattered. Your lens is not good enough. We need to see through the lens of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which the church provides to us. But sometimes we have to shut up and listen. Forgive me. And then we begin to see the world as those who long for the world is created by God, and we understand the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. As Christians who have been loved by God and redeemed by Him, how cannot we not see the world as by Him, of Him, and for Him? And if pretending to be against Him, then susceptible to His redemption, the redeeming love. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we give ourselves over to this manner of living. We fall in love with the creation. Especially with other people. When nourished by Christ. When nourished by the way of the gospel. We can. We can. Become agents of grace to the world. (coughs) Even you. Even me. We can become living proclamations. We can become like a little living gospel, each and every one of us. Living proclamations of God's love and goodness, witnesses to Christ, and even vessels of the Holy Spirit. By God's grace, by way of sowing and watering the seeds of the gospel in the world, And through the intercessions of the Holy Apostles, I pray that we would become ministers of reconciliation. Considering all loss, but to know Christ, and to make him known, always, now, and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. A joyous feast.